Hey guys, Brendan here. Um, I'm recording this after having edited the episode and put it all together, and I noticed that during the interview, um, Abby's parts kind of cut out a lot, and I'm not really sure why that is, whether it was a mic error or whether uh, she wasn't close enough to the microphone while we were recording or what the issue was, um, but there are a lot of parts where you know you really can't hear what she's trying to say or what she's asking, and she brings up some really good points in this episode, and she asks some really important questions, so I want to make sure you guys understand what she's talking about. So um, I think what I'm going to do is just I'm going to put some subtitles up for the parts that she talks that you can't hear, and then I'll go through and um, make sure that you guys understand what she's saying. And, and I can even put a, a, a list of all the questions that we asked in this episode in the description below or something along those lines, just, you know, um, but yeah, so I just want to warn you guys, uh, there will be subtitles in this episode just to, you know, just so you guys know. And yeah, I uh, hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Talk Ag to Me, the podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. Today I'm joined by my co-host, Abby Prince. Yo, what's up guys? And today is a very special episode. Unfortunately, Evan couldn't join us as much oh, as he wanted to, but um, he, he can come in for the next one. So Definitely. today we have a very special interview with you guys that we had on Skype, so I'm just going to plug it in and you guys can listen to it. But it was with the one and only Eric Wilson. From My Job Depends on Ag. You have no idea how excited we are. <laughs> if you guys don't know, My Job Depends on Ag is a group that started on Facebook. And you know we'll talk a little bit more about it in the interview, but it's a really big group. And if you guys are from Tulare, anywhere in the Central Valley, really, you see these stickers on the backs of basically every truck wherever you go. It's a you know a little green trucks. yeah it's a little green sticker of California it says my job depends on ag on it and it's just you know this page is dedicated to showing off you know what farming is all about what farmers do on and a just people basis. within the industry yeah anybody and, yeah. and everybody that's involved in agriculture community, yeah community members that are trying to support FA members and 4-H members and you know just it's all this is one big ag page and it's awesome and I love it it's and amazing. so I actually got a hold of the founder or the co-founder Eric Wilson and you know he's a really cool guy and uh, we really enjoyed having this interview so I hope you guys enjoy it too here we go hey Eric hey can you see me yeah we can see you just fine um so okay. I have one of my co-hosts here, Abby. Hi, nice to meet you. Hi, how are you? So, um, I think we're kind of just going to start off, just jump straight into it here. Um, why don't you go ahead and start off by telling us a little bit about yourself as a farmer and as, you know, as a member of, of your community, okay. and then a little bit about My Job Depends on Ag. Okay. So, I got into, um, I got into farming kind of a um, type familiar way, or um, I grew up in town, so... Mm -hmm. I, my, I had no heir to a family farm or anything like that. So, um, it's kind of been a really cool adventure for me to go from growing up in the city to end up farming. So I, I actually, um, had an opportunity, uh, to farm with my father-in-law on his ranch. Um, um, man, in 1997, I started working on his ranch. Um, and, 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 uh, there was, uh, discussions that maybe in the future I would farm a pretty good share of what they were farming, but I, it was understood that a lot of the ground was being rented mm -hmm. and there's never, you never know what might happen when you're, when you, when you don't own your own ground. So, 
right. came, that came, that, that's what happened. It ended up coming to a point where some of the ground was going to be bought. And, uh, um, I was already doing a lot of spraying for my father-in-law and stuff like that. And uh, sometimes the neighboring family farms around us would give, give us a call and say, Hey, can Eric come over here and do some work? So, um, I thought long and hard about, you know, maybe I could make some extra money in the winter time, um, doing some spraying and, and, um, it just blossomed from there. And so right now, pretty much 99% of my time in agriculture spent running my, um, agricultural spraying business. So I have two full-time employees and I go across probably 35, 40,000 acres now, maybe, maybe not quite 440,000, but 30, 30, 35,000 acres uh, a year. So. I'm busy pretty much year round doing that. Gotcha. Okay. So Abby, why don't you uh All right. take it from here? Um so how long did it take for my job to take off and come out here? We we just basically had our three year anniversary. We started in May eighth, two thousand and fifteen. So it's only been three short years. But I think it was it was it was building inside of me and my partner. Steve Malaka, who co-founded this for many years prior to this, um, I was one of those guys that kind of mocked, uh, not mocked it, but just thought it was silly. Social media was silly, <laughs> right? So, but I, but uh, I knew there was a disconnect between those because I, like I said, I grew up in town, so I remember, I remember not understanding, being ignorant, so to speak, of of what is actually going on. I'm driving by and seeing someone in a, in a tractor doing something. I was curious. I've always been very curious. In fact, my best friend, and since I was a third uh, third grader all the way up through high school, his family were farmers, and so I was always really interested and always loved the opportunity to go right around with him and his dad at the ranch. But um, so I always had always since then had listened and overheard dinner conversations about what these folks are facing even since i was really little so i've always been aware of the challenges of the family farms for quite some time um and as i got involved in agriculture and in and, and, and owning a spraying business hey i would hear the news reports and it would get um frustrating to hear what i'm hearing sometimes and uh I, um i started facebook but just basically to reconnect with my uh, high school buddies, I, it was my 20-year uni- uh, high school reunion coming up, and it was I uh, graduated in '92, so 2012. I started my Facebook, uh, Facebook personal Facebook page, just to kind of reconnect with all my childhood friends. And it was there, using social media, where I really started to see the disconnect was way worse than I ever imagined. It was pretty bad. I, I would see a lot of. Uh, stuff about animals you know and, and and dairy stuff that was just wow i can't believe people believe this kind of stuff who's putting this out there so i i was just almost depressed it was quite depressing to see yeah how easily led people can be to believe something and i w- would try to counter that and and so i started to comment more often on those sites i started to follow sites like that that were anti-agriculture and I would I would just lay low in there and listen to what they're saying, you know. And um, oh, what 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 what? And so every once in a while, I would get up the courage, so to speak, because I know I'm outnumbered, and I would just try to articulate a, a well thought out response with 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 as much uh, almost like kill them with kindness attitude. Okay. And sometimes it it went over really well, and sometimes I'd get get called this 
a, a big ag shill or something. <laughs> but I would get personal messages from people who would say, hey, what you said, um, man, I never thought about that. Thank you. So that was just, it happened every once in a while. And that was enough to, uh, uh, for me was like, man, there's, there are people willing to listen. I, I think they're out there. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, over, you said this, it's your only third anniversary for, um, this group, this organization that you kind of built upon. Um, what kind of, impact have you seen over these three years um, that you've seen the My Job Depends on Ag has had on that agriculturally literate public that you've interacted with? It's hard. To, it's really hard to gauge. It really is. I mean, it's hard to know what kind of impact that we are making. Um, I, I, I ask myself all that all the time. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> I tell this story the, the other day because this is what we're up against. My, my daughter, she's a, uh, uh, senior in high school, going to graduate. She's valedictorian, bragging a little bit, proud of my daughter. But she <laughs> turned me on and her mom on to watching this show called Stranger Things. So mm. we got addicted to it. So we're watching Stranger Things, and what the actress uh, Winona Ryder, she's uh, hanging her phone, banging her phone up and down. It's a rotary dial phone that's up on the wall, right? Oh yeah. And my daughter, smart as a whip, says, "Is that how you guys restarted your cell phone or restarted your telephone?" <laughs> and her mother and I die laughing, right? Well, no, no. She's, she's trying to get a dial tone. And then she says, well, what's a dial tone? And I was like, word clap. So it, but, but if I was to take that image and put it on Facebook and said, this is how your parents restarted your, their, their telephones, it would, millions of, millions of people would believe it. Yeah. And you would have a hard time telling it them otherwise. You mm -hmm. see? And in a nutshell, that's, I don't know how well we're doing because we're every day we battle new stuff, right? New stuff people hear. So sure. it's, it's constantly, we're in the fight of trying to educate people. And I felt from the very beginning that it would be best for us, especially with millennials that have, um, uh, that, that have a hesitation to believe things or they're less likely to, um, they're just suspicious. Let's say, say that mm -hmm. to take a, to try to just, we're not paid by anybody. There, there, nobody is sponsoring us. No, there's no, there's all the money that, that, that comes into this is just by people saying, Hey, my job depends on ag and I want a sticker that says so and puts it on their car or their business. And that's it. So it's just ex explicitly, explicitly grassroots. And so we want to keep it that way because, you know, people could say we're an organization. Well, not really. We're just a group of 80,000 people that are, I think believe in the goal and the mission of trying to educate people or they're there to learn. So right. it's that, I don't know, to be honest with you, how much impact we're making. I can tell you though, that the group is, is, is seen as a force sometimes mm -hmm. because there's when something happens or there's some, the, it is amazing how many people here quickly from our group uh, gets out gets out there and even um, phone calls from media will come in pretty quick. So it tells you that there's a lot of ears listening, at least. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay. Um, our next question, what 
don't know if it's prepared me. I've gotten better at it. I'm not, I'm a kind of person that doesn't like the limelight. I really, really don't. I don't like standing in front of a crowd and talking at all. I just, I just feel weird about it. And I feel, I still believe it or not, because I don't know if it has to do with me not growing up in agriculture, but I still don't feel worthy, believe it or not, of representing this industry. I don't, I feel like still a much of an outsider in a way because I didn't grow up in it. So, um, that, I think that that part of me just feels a little bit like weird to stand up in front of a crowd and talk about it. But I think I think my upbringing in the city, in, in the people that I'm trying to um, get to listen about what we're doing, I think I have maybe a, I can I can identify with them. Because mm-hmm. to be honest with you, I think a lot of times we in agriculture and, and even other industries we 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 raise money and we. We go to the polit- a politician and we lobby the politician. Mm-hmm. I'm all about lobbying the people in a sense for, for free. And we tell our stories directly to them and leave it to them. If, if they had all the facts and stuff, um, they, they, they may say, you know what? These guys are doing a pretty good job. And, you know, it, it would be, it would be good for everybody if this, if this industry remains healthy and vibrant. That's, that's my goal. That's, that's the direction I, and my job depends on ag has been focused at not, not so much of uh, uh, raising money to lobby people. You know what I mean? Right. I think that's failed a, l- a lot of times and for us, in my opinion. I think that's the way to go too. You can't just be pushing money out. You really need to push out on the team. You need uh-huh. Right. So uh, before I move on to the next question, um, I kind of wanted to go over something that you said there. Um, I, like, I, like we were talking about on the phone uh, last night, uh, I've listened to a lot of the interviews you've had on like Central Valley Talk and with some of the other um, pretty big important heads of, of agriculture, especially in this area. And I've heard some of the things that you've talked about in terms of statistics and in terms of information about agriculture. So it's kind of shocking to hear that you didn't come from an agricultural background and that you're not um, necessarily representative of, of this organization as much as you think that you should be. And I think that it's kind of shocking to, you know, to for you to say that because we have people that spent their whole lives in agriculture and they don't know half the things that you know about this industry. So it's kind of, you know, uh, it's, yeah. Well, I, I think it, I think it's just like, it's just like when I was younger and I would go stay um, with that, with friends. I've had more than, you know, if you grow up in the San Joaquin Valley, you're going to have friends that oh, their yeah. parents are, you know, could be farmers. And, and I grew up in Madera, but we had family friends in Dos Palos and, um, those folks really played an integral part in 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 where I'm at today. It was going to their places, and like you said, I would be I'd stay the night or a week at a time at their houses, and their kids were always like, "I don't want to go feed the animals." All oh, you know, it was always like, and I would be excited about. It. So see, I'm coming from a different perspective. They've always known that life, so it's 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 they they were always wanting to go cruise Maine in town, and I'm wanting like. Let's get in your pickup truck and go drive down the canal banks and go fishing. It's just a different <laughs> mentality, right? Right. So I was back. It's just the way you're raised, I think. And so I've always been extremely interested and curious about it. So I'm, I, I, I just consumed myself with learning about it. I, I will say that my dad, I say this a lot of times when I go to kids and I, and I talk to them in classrooms and, um, I'll, the story, I try to make it as short as possible, but it's an insight in how I think. Um, my dad, I love fishing. It's like my passion. If I could do that for a living, I'd rather do that. But <laughs> I have to make a living. Can't make money doing that. But uh, there was two places I used to like to go: Rock Creek in uh, Madera County and Huntington Lake mm. in Fresno County. My mom was born in Big Creek, 
just down below the dam at, at Huntington Lake. And that whole area up there is hydroelectric um, um, reservoirs and dams, and they provide like a million people's electricity, that area. Well, when I was a kid, my dad picked me up from school, and he says, hey, hey, son, um, Rock Creek, they're thinking about putting a hydroelectric plant there. And I said, what do you, what do you think about that? I just shrugged my shoulders. I don't know. What does it mean to me? And he says, well, you the campground and your fishing hole might be underwater now. And I responded like any other 10-year-old kid would. Well, Dad, that's not fair. We've we got to put a stop to that, right? we got to end that. And I was serious. I was mad and I was frustrated. And my dad says, I respect your opinion. I really, really do, son. But, you know, sometimes you need to keep your mind open and think about um, why that might be in a sense. And he says, what do you do when you get home? I said, I don't know. He said, son, tell me, you, what do you do when you get home every day when I pick you up from school? I watch Scooby-Doo. <laughs> and he's like, well, it takes electricity for that to work, right? You, mm-hmm. You're going to go in, walk in your house, and you're going to turn it on. Somebody is back there providing you, son, with electricity. You had no part of it. You didn't bring it to yourself. Um, so then he, then he says, you like fishing at Huntington Lake, son, right? Of course, Dad, of course. He said, it is beautiful, isn't it? I, of course it is. Well, son, nature didn't make that. Man made it. It's beautiful to you. You don't, it, it was made because human beings demand electricity. And basically what my dad was trying to imply, and it took me a long time to figure it out, was my existence and your existence, un- unfortunately, the truth is, requires change of the natural world. Mm-hmm. It, it is. And denying that is, is dangerous to me. And I think, I think where we get lost at with agriculture is because we haven't told our story, there's people out there saying that we can eat our cake and eat it too, so to speak. They, 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 when it's talk about pollution or something, of course, any, any, any industry, your cell phones and your lithium batteries that charge your phones up requires fossil fuels and the, and the change of the, of the natural world to dig out the lithium or whatever it is to create a battery. Every aspect of our lives in some way or another is a byproduct is pollution and growing food is no different. There is, there is the, the use of anything that we do in the modern world, of course. And, and it, but we're, but people don't understand that, you know, I think it's easy to imply, um, that we do it willful, willfully and that, that invokes, um, the general public don't understand what we're doing, a sense of anger and in a sense that it, it empower, could empower politicians to make regulations mm-hmm. uh, on the agricultural community because of the, that big disconnect of reality. I right. think it just plagues us is, 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 is in our society that we, we just don't want to uh, acknowledge that our existence does that. Of course, we want to be the best stewards that we could be, absolutely. Right. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, so you talked a little bit about, you know, politicians and the government and uh, yeah. a little bit about like um, a lack of uh, literacy in, in those parts of, of our daily lives. And I kind of just want to go over uh-huh. um, without going into too much detail unless, you know, uh, you would like to. Um, with the recent events with the mayor and everything that's been going mm-hmm. on with that and, and your um, conversations with, with him and that whole issue, yeah. uh, I was just kind of wondering, have you experienced something like that before with maybe another type of um, official or another type of like large organization that's opposed agriculture that you've had to personally take into your hands? Every day, every day, every single day, every single day. And that's why um, most of the time when I hear 
um, statements that are like that mm-hmm. are, are coming from, like I say, sometimes when you do, when you just say ag, ag kills, ag pollutes, um, the air, ground, and all that, it, it, it leaves in the context of the person who read that mm-hmm. an image that we're doing it willfully. That's my, that was my problem with the mayor's context. If he had said all those things and then said, but as mayor of Tulare, my farmers are doing all they can to, um, um, address some of these issues, they would have been in the story, but mm-hmm. they left it that way. Yep. And f- for me, when I found out that he was 24 hours later, the mayor of Tulare, I was surprised because I felt like a mayor of that town would have been sensitive enough mm. to his surroundings of the people that, that, you know, support the city of Tulare with the revenue for everything else to function there would have been sensitive to the fact that, you know, it, 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 if left, left like it is, it implied that they were doing it willfully. And that was the, that was the whole problem. Facebook has a little word under everybody's comment called edit. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like someone might not under may, maybe have read your words and didn't quite grasp the context in which you wanted them to to understand it, you can provide the context and right. it would have been over. But for me, um, I see comments like that or comments about any uh, all kinds of uh, inflammatory statements with that are every day. People take screenshots. People. People tag me in posts and whatnot to, to for me to um, um, look at. So when I got involved in that, I just it was another day in the park for me. <laughs> um, I think I was more in this situation. I was more disturbed, not even more about those comments as much as um, I think people. And this is what I go back to from the beginning: is he he said ag depends on the people. People don't depend on ag, and um, it's backwards to me. Yes. Um, because I, I think it's backwards. I think every, everybody, wealth is created from the earth. Yes. I mean, the, the natural resources is, gives us an opportunity, um, to, to achieve things. There's so many people, I mean, every, every great, if you pick up a history book, all the greatest civilizations had some form of great agricultural stuff, the Egyptians right. and, uh, Romans, whatever you want to, they had, if once people decided to congregate and live in a city, inside a city wall, there had to be people outside of it growing food to provide those people who have basically given up their, um, uh, their hope, I guess, and, 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 and to plow their own ground. They, they chose other uh, avenues of life. And so someone else is required to feed you now. And I think it's just that simple. It's just that simple that people have forgotten, forgotten that simple fact. And, um, it's troubling, but he represents a large part of the population that, um, in our, my opinion, nothing against the man. I don't, I never met him before or anything like that. I, I just think that, 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 um, especially living in the San Joaquin Valley, to not understand the multiplier effect that agriculture produces mm-hmm. is, is, tremendous i just did a post the other night i looked at a subway sandwich and you know just to build this the store for subway to sell a sandwich and required a lot of jobs that people don't even think about but that one sandwich provided jobs for carpenters plumbers you know they didn't think about all the natural resources the, the timber the steel i mean you just it just it just goes in beyond the imagination of how far that farm dollar goes right you know Absolutely. 
so kind of what I'm interested in about is that you see mostly like statements through social media, or do you see them like in your day to day Mostly, it's mostly it's through social media. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, um, you know, people tag me in a post, and I follow other pages, so I, I see I see things. Um, I follow, you know, you don't do it anymore. I used to follow David Avocado Wolf because I was interested to see the crazy things that he would come up from time to time. <laughs> but um, I I I just want to keep. I, I see what people think of or being led to believe. It's it's just fascinating. I wish I had that much power. I kind of go, man, I wish I could just make a meme up and make this all go away. It's right. like that easy. <laughs> everybody else seems to be able to make a meme and make everybody believe this thing. I, I want to make one and turn it the tide the other way, but it's, uh, it's harder to do than that. So I, I tell you this, the, the three years that this has been going on, most of the time it's pretty positive, but it's, it's challenging to, to not let it affect you. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's, uh, um, I don't know how to change the, 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 make that connection. That's a struggle. I don't know if I'm doing a good enough job with it to make the connection with the people outside of, um, our, um, you know, communities in, in the urban areas of California to get them to understand what we're doing. It's, it's tough. And, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if, uh, we keep, we keep growing every day though. We keep getting, a hundred, hundred people one in almost every day. Wow. So it's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, so our next kind of question is a little bit of a long one. Um, so Abby okay. and I are, um, we're mostly involved in animal agriculture based, uh, activities. Uh -huh. I, I raise beef cattle. She raises dairy cattle. And, um, so one of the largest obstacles or one of the largest opponents to our form of agriculture is like animal rights activists, you know, PETA and yeah, ALF and, you know, so um, I was kind of just wondering, because you said that you're involved in um, like the uh, the pest control kind of side yeah. of agriculture. What is your largest opponent? I would assume it would be like pesticide-free kind of um, uh, uh, well, activists or like it, – it, it, Yeah, there's, there's, this, there's this thought out there. See, this is the thing where, like I say about selling sweet candy again, there's people that will say that, now, you like to use the words big ag. Big ag's doing this or whatever, and they're spraying pesticides and they're doing this because they want to. And I'm thinking, hmm. When the growers <laughs> call me, when they usually call me, they're like, dude, I don't want to. They got to pay me. I don't mm -hmm. do. I don't do this for free. So yeah. they know they got to pay me and they got to buy the materials. So for them, it's less money that they can keep. And if they're so greedy, why would they want to throw it away on pesticides? You would, it would be almost the opposite. They would be like, I'm just going to, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm going to keep all the money in my pocket, right? right. Yeah. Fortunately, the reality of things, if you do that, you might have major crop loss, you know, mm. so it's a balancing act. So here's the thing that I try to get people to just try to think about when it comes to pesticides. And human beings, human beings, um, it's kind of like the same thing with pollution. Uh, if you, if you get in your car and you drive to go down, um, to pick up uh, food from uh, you call in order to get pizza or something. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, but it's only a block away, but you get in your car and do it. You're not, you're not getting your car going all oh, goody, goody, goody. I get to pollute on my way. It's an right. acceptable form of pollution. Do you understand? They right. get in your car, you go get pizza and you come home. You could have rode a bike, could have, you could have walked and come back, but we don't do that. It's acceptable. And when it comes to, um, I lost my train of thought here. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> when it comes to spraying and stuff, the, the, there's this, this, this idea that people believe that, um, we could just do nothing. Mm. Okay. Grow, do, or do something like organic crops do, but my, my father-in-law <laughs> grows organic pomegranates, yeah. but they need to be treated. Mm. The bugs that are out here don't understand when they look at a crop, they go, Oh, this one's organic. Ooh, this one's not. They have no clue. They're right. still going to attack each one. Yeah. See, they're each, they're each, they're going to attack each one. So each one of them needs something sprayed on them to prevent them. Right. Um, planting a crop and walking away and doing nothing is, is highly irresponsible. Mm-hmm. It's highly res- irresponsible for our natural resources and our water because you would put out, um, even if it's a natural form of fertilizer, you'd pay to do it, whatever it's compost or, or commercial fertilizer and water to grow a crop and to have it fail. You would, you'd would be wasting natural resources to do that. See, that wouldn't be very wise. And human beings, it's kind of a, it's funny to watch because if you get lice, okay, if you get lice in your hair, you might try the organic way of putting mayonnaise in your hair, okay? That may work. That may work. But if it doesn't, you go to plan B. And plan B is now uh, maybe an oil, an olive oil. Some maybe try something else. If that, that's an organic way. If that don't work, you're going to go step it up and you're going to go and get a pesticide mm-hmm. because you don't want bugs living in your hair. Right. And, or if you get strep throat, you can maybe try some home remedies, but sometimes you're going to get something that kills bacteria. Mm-hmm. And in, in the ag world, plants get viruses, they get bacteria. And so we apply products to keep the plants healthy, but in it, but on the human being side, it's, it's a form of it. It's acceptable. See, so you're, you're, you, I'm trying to, Get people to see the rationalization that the grower sees. He doesn't want his crop to be sick, just like in the, in the animal industry. It would be inhumane if, if, if one of your cows, um, hurts itself and is, and, and needs some, um, a medicine, you wouldn't want it to suffer and get to where it gets infected. Right. You know, you wouldn't do that with your kid. Right. So, you know, right. You keep mm-hmm. people, you know, you know, you're following me with all this, I hope. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, it, you know, um, and it's funny to watch the in the animal world for me because I'm not in it. But you have a lot of people who who think that animal the animal um, it, uh, you know industry should leave. We should just be all vegans, let's say. But but the the, the footprint of that would be massive because mm-hmm. uh, especially dairy cows, all cattle, but dairy cows too. They they eat an enormous amount of byproducts from the vegans. Mm. All the all the all the products that are created for vegans, um, uh, processing plants that make fruit salad bowl that you can get in a bowl. All, all a lot of these dairies are shipped. You know, orange pills, almond holes. Um, it just cottonseed for crying out loud. There's all <laughs> these byproducts that get used, and they're always thinking of different ways to um, um, feed the cow a certain you know TDN or whatever it is. Until the rationing is, and. Um, what would what would be the carbon footprint of that? Just throw all that into a heap and landfill, right? And you know, let it go to waste. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know. Sometimes people don't put that. We have an animal that almost is like a garbage disposal that that keeps <laughs> things out of landfill and provides the cream for their coffee. You know, right. maybe they don't get that part of it. So, anyway, I know I can probably, huh? Huh? Yeah, no, it's for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy to get, like, well, it's, 
Yeah. You know, when I go to these young kids and I go in their classroom, I walk in with a Starbucks on purpose. I'll take a Starbucks coffee in there. And sometimes I I will get a a personal pizza. And I go on there and, and, you know, usually kids, you know, when they're younger, the pizza is one of their favorite things or milkshakes. And they all like going to Starbucks for their different drinks. But just just when you walk in and you got, um, you know, I got my, my, my cup and it's got the cardboard around it, keep my hands from getting hot. Okay. And then you got the, 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 you know, the pizza, everything about what I'm touching is agriculture. That's I mean, right. the, the paper that's holding the cup, that's mm-hmm. agriculture. The coffee's agriculture, you know, and, and, and these, in these kids, they just don't see the, in, they're having daily interactions with it. 20, mm-hmm. from the moment they get out of bed and the moment they go to bed, almost their entire day, there's some kind of touching, feeling, um, uh, using agriculture every day. Mm-hmm. And that's the point I'm trying to get across is because people people forget that they wake up in it and they go and shower with it, they dry off with it, they go get dressed in it, you thought you know, and on and on, and they yeah. don't count sleeping in a bed in agriculture interaction, but it is. Right, it definitely is. So you want to do it? Okay. Um, how has Oh, it's been great. It's just, man, I've learned so much because the people on our page are way smarter than I am. I mean, I've learned a lot. I mean, the members of the page are just a highly, highly intelligent community. We've got mm-hmm. a, a highly intelligent community. Is that the right way to say it? There's a lot of yep. smart folks, put it that way, on our page, <laughs> um, that have bring, and that have taught me a lot, too, that I've, that I've even went, man, I've this is really new and interesting. And, you know, um, science is just a real fascinating part of, of the agricultural um, industry that that um, gets um, I forgotten about. The, the, all the men and women down out there that are, are making discoveries um, in all in all kinds of aspects of it all, man, from, from even dairying. I'm sure there's all kinds of stuff that you guys can enlighten me on. Oh, yeah. But, sure um, it, huh? <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's really, it's really, yeah, I bet. And I'm not surprised. It's just, it's fascinating. That's how we're going to solve a lot of these issues, um, uh, going forward. And, um, I think people just, I don't know where, I don't know where the resentment comes from, to tell you the truth, but I think that there should, people should be pretty darn proud of everybody, especially in this state that, that they're still here and, and, uh, um, surviving and, 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 and providing food and clothing and shelter because it's it's not easy to do right now. No, it's not. Yeah. So we're starting to wrap up here. I have a couple more questions okay. I want to address, and they're not necessarily agriculturally based. Um, uh-huh. In a sense, they are. So I started this podcast in a way in, uh-huh. in an attempt to try to educate the public about agriculture, you know, try to um, promote agricultural literacy and that kind of thing. So seeing that your page is doing something very similar is trying to, you know, kind of bring to light what farmers are all about and what they do on their daily lives. What kind of advice would you have for someone like me or someone trying to do what you're doing right now? Following your footsteps. Following your footsteps, yeah. Um, just stay, stay true to the, your, the passion, what, you, what you're trying to do. You know, um, there's been times when um, it felt like, you know, maybe, maybe some people want to push me in. Like this, I'll use this mayor thing for an example. And there's great pressure to utilize the 81,000 people to, to rally and try to out, 
one person. But that's not my passion. My pa- that's not my passion. My passion is to talk about even the things that the mayor said, and we can talk about and discuss those things. But um, that's what I'm passionate about. Right. And, and and sometimes, if when you get going with this, and you if you if you're successful with it, um, there's going to be people who will challenge you or. Um, you know, just vehemently disagree with, with what you're doing, maybe your way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, don't back down to that. Um, I always say truth is on our side as far as, um, what we're doing and the people who are doing this. We're, we're pretty, that would, well, this is PG, but there's some buttheads out there, you know, <laughs> in every industry. So, but, but, it, 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 all in all, this is just a really neat industry to work for. And if that's, mm-hmm. if you're going to do this and that's what you, um, goal is and the outreach and you stay true to the education part of it, get some thick skin, mm-hmm. get thick skin because, um, I get dirty messages when people tell me something. You may not face that. You may not face that at all. And I, and I hope not, but I wouldn't be surprised, you know, because that, that's a sign that you're doing something though, you know, yeah. um, is some people, um, wanting to, you know, try to try to take you down a few notches. So that means that you're doing something. So mm. yeah. So I think that I'm out of questions. Abby, did you have anything else? So we're kind of wrapping up the end of our episode here. Did you have any other comments that you wanted to make to kind of uh, finalize your thoughts on this? Hmm. No. Um. This day is just great. I like talking to the to the young kids out there. <laughs> And, and this is this is cool. This this is kind of this is when you ask me, you know, sometimes what are the things that um, making an impact? To me, this is evidence of it. I mean, to have to be able to talk to two kids that are are wanting to do do kind of something similar, follows the footsteps of educating. I wish there was. That's great. I think mm-hmm. I really think the simple stories, a lot of times, um, are are just extremely important and and. You know, we're really trying to get a, a television program called It's Going to Be My Job Depends on That. My Job Depends on That television series cool. come up on PBS. Maybe PBS will pick it up. We're working on it. But it's, it's specific. It's going to be done to show maybe in a different, in a different direction, uh, maybe in a, from a different point of view. Um, it's going to be really neat. I think you guys will be interested to see. Yeah. Um, sure. Because. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You know, because I tell you what. I tell this story all the time, and I think you would be underestimate just uh, what one story or or um, people seeing something in our culture could change their path forever. And, and it happened with me, as, like I said, with these my friends out here. I always was curious about it, but uh, I saw we were over there at house one Easter, and I've told this story before. Their son, my friend, was basically my age, comes running in the house, and, and one of their, their their cows was calving. And so um, uh, we all rushed. There was something wrong. Like, the son knew something was wrong. It was in, The mom was in stress, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we went out there, and I'm 10 or 11, and I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm a city kid, you know. But <laughs> I see his dad lather his arm up real good, and then, oop, there his arm goes, disappears in the and the cow and my eyes are looking around, what's going on, right? <laughs> but uh, he, you could see the distress looked on his face. He mm-hmm. knew something was wrong. The, it was in the wrong position. And he, 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 and when that, when he pulled the calf out, it was stillborn. And mm-hmm. it, it appeared like he kept, he kept giving that thing mouth to mouth the best he could. And his, 
and but he didn't give up and that sucker ended up he ended up saving that little thing wow. so for me so for me right then and i don't get all mushy but <laughs> i walked away from that scratching my head going you know this guy had all that stuff placenta all over his face all over his hands he didn't care he but i mean about all of that stuff and he saved that little booger and it would be very hard pressed from that moment on for me to hear animal rights activists can convince me that these people are not what I just see, what I just saw, right? right? And that's what I get to when I'm talking about telling people your stories. I think when people see who we are and how we do it, they will counter everything that they hear. So um, from people um, far removed from the fields, it's frustrating that people 200 miles away from any any anything around what we're doing here can write articles about us and in, 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 um, uh, uh, I think it would be, we should be the authors of it from I now agree. on. I agree. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with that. So <laughs> anyways, thanks for reaching out. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks this for being on. Yeah, I would love to do it again. Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely uh, stay in touch. I'd love to have you back on here. Yeah. Okay. So. It's been a lot All of right. fun, and um, I'll send you the link. This episode will go up in a couple days. Um, I'll send you the okay. link just so you can cool. see it. And yeah. All right. This will be cool. Yeah. Thank you so much, Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys have a great day. I'll get you. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys. So that was the interview with Mr. Eric Wilson. There you have it. It was really really cool interview i thought it was a pretty funny pretty cool guy yeah and um as you guys heard towards the end there he's planning on coming back and i'm definitely happy to have him back on the show i'm so excited you guys have no <laughs> idea how excited i am like if you guys see me at school or like around town ask me how excited i am and i will tell you how excited i am yeah so um eric if you're, if you're listening i just like to say a big thanks um yes, you know thank huge you for, thanks for coming out and reaching out to us it's really nice talking to you and um my job depends on ag page is huge and it's been so helpful for so many people and um, it's just it's been really cool to, to get to know uh, everything that's been going on with this we're this very appreciative for this opportunity so just thank you for your time and um, your experience in the field and being able to share that with us and um, future listeners absolutely so we're very so, grateful yeah so you know you guys make sure you go out and check out the my job depends on ag page I'm sure you guys have already heard it. definitely if, if, if go check it out yeah if you're listening to this podcast and you know what my job depends on ag is I guarantee it like after this interview we went through the page and there was something about cow cuddling and that sounded so ex- like that sounded great <laughs> I, I'm so excited yeah Abby's over here nerding out about her cow I'm, I'm so yeah I'm <laughs> like you know like the whole fangirling thing yeah that's me with like my job depends on ag and like this interview so. yeah so it was it was a really fun experience and we very hope you guys new, very different very yeah very different and like we said he'll be coming back for a future, future episode hopefully evan Yay. can make it to that one because yeah. i'm sure evan's gonna want to talk to him too Definitely. he'll be so excited yes um so thank you guys for listening uh thank you for all your support and you know make sure you guys check us out on all your on our, all our social media pages and that kind of thing and go follow my job depends on ag go follow my job depends on ag and I think that's it for this episode. Do you have anything else to add? I don't think so. All right, so we'll see you guys later. And don't forget, if you ate today, thank a farmer.